are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss, host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Also, remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And you can email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Remember to download that app and check it out. That is Spotify Green Room. Okay, Ulysses, we continue. We roll along with our player reviews. And today we have another reliever. Yesterday we had Pete Fairbanks, and today we have JP Fireisen. Jonathan Paul Fireisen. That's a strong name, by the way. Yes, Jonathan it is. Paul Fireisen. My goodness. A lot of syllables. A lot of syllables. It also looks like a, like a prime minister name. Jonathan Paul Fireisen. I could see that. Prime Minister. Uh, look, this is a guy that overall did well with mm-hmm. the Rays. Yes. Wasn't even on the radar of race fans. Let's remember how he came mm-hmm. to the race on that Willie Adamas trade in what, late May? That came out of nowhere. Um, but he did his part. Let, let's look at the, the big picture here. He had almost 37 innings mm-hmm. with the Rays, 36 and two-thirds, an ERA of 245. In those 36 and two-third innings, he had 33 strikeouts, uh, walk rate of 14%, K rate of 21%, a whip of 131, and F4, so fan graphs war, drum roll please, point two. Mm. Do you have the BRF? Yeah, 0.9. Look at that. So that's uh, 0.3 more. So that's what, 0.5-ish? Okay. Give or take. Yeah, okay. So those are the big, big, uh, you know, highlights of J.P. Fireisen. He's working with a four-seam fastball. He's got that slider and that changeup. If we look at that first big positive for me, Kevin, Mm -hmm. that four-seam fastball plays versus all hitters, righties or lefties, they all hit 167 off that fastball, that four seam. They slug 286 only on it. So that fastball, it's the invisible Colin Poche kind of mm-hmm. fastball. It just gets there. And, and, and I don't know if it's the plane. I don't know if it's the arm release, the spin, but there's something about that fastball because it's only sitting at 93, 94. Sometimes yeah. it can jump up a, a little bit, but when it's sitting at 94 and people are just whiffing at it uh, and not hitting for power on it, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting because he does, in order for it to be effective, he does have to work that thing through the very top of the zone. And from what I've heard him explain why it does play, why it has so much carry, why it has that illusion of rising is because like we talked about with Pete Fairbanks yesterday, but this is sort of something that JP does deliberately is he falls off the first base side and it allows him to get his spine and arm angle in the exact same spot. I love how you mentioned uh, the fastball. And again, it's, it's all about guys throwing 97, 98, 99, but 
JP is a guy that shows if you just have really good shape to your fastball, it, you don't have to be a flamethrower necessarily. And here's the fun thing about JP Fire Eyes. Reliever, he's really, in essence, a one-inning reliever with three pitches. Yeah. How many relievers, everybody these days, is a power fastball, power slider guy. But he actually has three pitches with the fastball, with the slider, and with the changeup that move in all different directions. Fastball top of the zone, slider moving away from the righties, changeup moving into the righties keeping hitters honest and off balance. And I think the percentages use the fastball about 52% of the time slider, 29% of the time change up 20% of the time. Uh, I don't know if that equals out to a hundred necessarily, but you get the point. Of, there's a lot of points and, you know, 51, I just rounded up a little bit, yeah. but you get the idea of it's not like, Oh, he's throwing the, the, the fastball, 70% of the time in the slider, 25% of the time in the change of 5% of the time. Like he actually has a pretty solid pitch mix there. Yeah, the, the, the pitch mix is exactly what I want to hone in on. If if the four-seam plays, the changeup had even better results, Ken, I, 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 than, than his four, uh, the four-seam fastball. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how he can evolve in 2022. If you bought yourself a JP Fire Rising t-shirt mm -hmm. after May, guess what? You, you're going to use it. Uh, yeah. uh, this guy uh, kind of etched himself a role uh, in, in that bullpen. I want to go further on what makes him a good one, a positive piece in that bullpen. And it's against right. It's just like we talked about yeah. Pete Fairbanks yesterday with the splits. Look at these splits against, uh, against right. It's 22 and two-thirds. Only had 12 hits allowed, 12 walks, 23K, so almost basically one per inning, in mm -hmm. a 1.06 whip. That that's that place. Yeah. And that plays not in the sixth or seventh inning, Kevin. That plays in the eighth and ninth when you can have a guy that's that's shutting down innings like that. So he at in certain points when he is used to his maximum strengths. He can be yeah. a very powerful weapon in that bullpen. And this is something we'll get to uh, one of his bugaboos when we talk about what are the drawbacks and what went wrong with JP this season. The walks, of course, but I will note that from September 25th to October 11th, a 28 batter span, he went without allowing a walk. Moreover, he generated a 1.08 ERA, 0.96 whip. 10.8 strikeout per nine and three holds over the eight and a third innings covering his last seven appearances of the regular season. And Ulysses, you mentioned it at the top of the program, him coming over from Milwaukee in the Willie Adamas trade, along with Drew Rasmussen and let's not forget Trevor Richards also went from Tampa Bay to Milwaukee, but it seemed like Drew and JP found a role settled in relatively quickly and that was a tough tough thing to deal with as, as a race fan and a, a race player probably knowing that the heart and soul of the team and at times a fan favorite is leaving the organization the cornerstone shortstop Willie Adams. yeah uh but it, it seemed like he he fit into the culture in the clubhouse pretty quickly and it it, it that the noise didn't get to him seemingly you know, his first outing, he got saved, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so it was a great 
way of getting him acclimated to the raceway. Like, look, you're the new guy. Work. Here you go. Save opportunity. And if I'm not mistaken, it was against the Yankees. I should have mm-hmm. something like that. But I do think it was against the Yankees, a, a save opportunity. But look, it sucked to to have this trade happen. We all knew mm-hmm. that it was going to happen, maybe not that quickly. But once it did, you're right. Raz and, and, and JP kind of etched themselves a role. Raz must have even better because yeah. Raz must have kind of played himself into being a starter for 2021, the rest of the season. And then 2022, I mean, are we not mm-hmm. putting him not even in pencil, but in pen right. as one of those uh, spots? So, no, good for JP. Uh, you know, I, I think emotionally, I, I think that's where they proved themselves both to be um, just yeah. above the mark because – just like you mentioned the other day, I know it was a little bit in the facetious size or tongue in cheek, but you mentioned, oh well, Hunter Renfro, you know, you know, when he sees that Blake Snell video, I mean, what kind of mm-hmm. club culture, clubhouse response is he going to get? Kind of same thing with JP Fireisen, right? Like he was the major league girl, yeah, not not Drew coming there into the clubhouse of the most well loved guy, mm-hmm. and now you're the guy that's replacing the guy that everybody loves to get over that. Yeah. And for his teammates to tell him, yeah, we miss him, but we love you too. Now you're, you're our guy. Now. I think that speaks a lot of the emotional maturity of JP. Not to go into a whole thing here, but I think that we're learning that that deal worked out for both sides. What I, what I, and Willie Adamas had a great, great time, great year with the Brewers. He ended up being a, basically a four war player. And I said, Ulysses, Willie Adamas would get to 25 home runs at some point in his career. And he did it. He had a 25 homer season. But what I loved about the trade was, Oh, this means Wander's getting called up. Everybody, everybody that wasn't a race fan. And even some race fans thought, Oh, is it Wander time? Idiots. Taylor Walls. Taylor Walls was more ready at that time. So I just love little I, – I don't I don't necessarily love to do the I told you so, but it was one of those moments where it's like, yeah, you guys just clearly aren't following the Rays all that closely yeah, no. at that moment. And, and, and that's okay. They've got to you know, do the change-ups. Um, yeah. Arms up. By the way, uh, last thing I'd, I'd like to say – on JP on, on the positive side for now, mm-hmm. that changeup grip, it, it's a funky one because the one that he uses is actually uh, used for a lot of pitchers as a cutter. Yeah. So it just it just works at his pitch grip. It just works for him and he goes arm side. So it's kind of like an opposite of a slider for him. Right. So no, that he has very um, interesting stuff I think can work. Yeah. But just like with Pete, we said yesterday, just got to put them in the right situation. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Ulysses, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. So be sure to go download the free Spotify Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Spotify Green Room, it is changing the way we talk sports. Okay, Ulysses dropped my water there. Oh, no, that's not good. Good thing I had the cap on. Um, what went wrong with uh, JP Fire Rising this season? 
the race? Uh, you know, I think it's it's the, the that W word we, we're going mm-hmm. to have to talk about with, with relievers. Walks, 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 walks are a problem. His walk percentage was at fourteen percent. Uh, I think his walks per nine were close to six per nine. Uh, it, it's 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 an ugly problem when you combine it. By the way, fourth percentile in in in, in walk rate. Uh, according to baseball savant, when you add this walk rate issue with JP, mm-hmm. with the hard hit percentage being in the 38th percentile, mm-hmm. that's not a good combo. You're giving up free base runners, and then they're going to hit the ball hard. You know what happens when when hitters hit the ball hard. It's usually a good sign of success for a hitter. You're looking for that. You're not looking for that for a pitcher. So when you yeah. combine those two things. You're getting to uh, you're getting yourself into uh, a lot of trouble. And when is JP Fire Rising being used? Later in the innings mm-hmm. and later in the game. So the later innings, seventh, eighth, ninth. So those two components are not a really good uh, solution yeah. for the back end of the bullpen. Uh, he definitely struggled to put guys away, or at least he allowed a lot of walks when he got to full counts. Twenty-five walks in full counts and batters had an 1184 OPS when he got to full count. So he needs to get ahead pretty much all the time. And we talk about him having the three pitches, which is great, but uh, I looked at the numbers and he really only throws the change up in the slider in the zone about 30% of the time. So those are supposed to be chase pitches. And, you know, it's the other thing with JP too is, as you mentioned, you combine the walks with him getting hit around a little bit. He is a fly ball pitcher, and he's lucky. He's lucky he's in a Rays uniform. Mm-hmm. He's lucky he gets to pitch a lot of times at Tropicana Field as opposed to say Camden Yards or Great American Ballpark or up in Milwaukee or Yankee Stadium because he easily there's a couple balls that. Might go off the wall at the drop that go out of the ballpark elsewhere. Or they might hit one of the uh, catwalk rings or whatever it may be and, uh, and and be ruled a double instead of a home run somewhere else. And that's the issue, Kevin, is where does he play up in the division? Yeah, it's great if he plays most of the games at the drop, but he'll mm-hmm. also go to Camden. Yeah. Also go to Fenway. And he, of course, goes to Yankee Stadium. So... That's an issue. The, the the fly ball aspect of home, home runs per nine was at 0.74, so that's almost half, uh, double what we were praising Pete Fairbanks yesterday. Yeah. That's almost double. So it, it is an issue. I, I do think, again, putting players in a position to succeed. Let's look at the other side of that split, though, against left hand. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. 14 innings pitched, 14 hits allowed, 10 walks. What is going on there? Three home runs allowed, 10 Ks in those 14 innings, uh, and 1.71 width. Yeah. Putting him against lefties. And, and it's a non-starter. That, that comes back to the whole game four ALDS issue of what do you do against Kike Hernandez? Do you walk Kike Hernandez if you're JP Fire Eisen to bring up Rafael Devers? So Good point. and now, I, I guess the Rays would have already exhausted or JP would have exhausted the three batter minimum. So you theoretically could, could have brought in somebody else yeah. at that point. But 
you know, I don't, I don't want to get into a whole thing there, but I will say this about, no, I, no need for that. yeah, I, can I, can I, I know we're supposed to be peeling back the onion on what went wrong with JP sure. and a lot of people may go to, uh, he gave up the sack fly to Kike Hernandez. The thing unraveled when he came into the ninth inning in a tie ball game five, five and the Rays, of course, ultimately lose the game six, five, but he, he got hurt by his own teammates. He got hurt by his own teammates. Christian Vasquez, the CNI single that many third basemen, not named Gandhi Diaz, probably should have gotten to. I think the exit velocity on that thing was like 70 miles per hour. Like it, it was like a slow motion die from Yandi trying to get that ball, and he totally whiffs on it. Wait, wait, you say many third basemen? Do so you think the Rays had a all-star gold glover at third base that they could have used in that situation. I don't know if there was one. Mendel? Oh, no, wait, yeah. Joey Wendell. That's Joey Wendell, or you could have had Taylor Walls as another guy that you added to the roster as a late-inning defensive replacement. So in continuing that sequence, okay, Christian Arroyo lays down a perfect sack bunt. And then... Yandy Diaz number is called again. He can't connect on the dribbler and, and him and, and G Man Choi have, have the mess up there. And then that brings up Kike Hernandez. So it was like JP probably had to feel like the loneliest guy on the team after that. But you also have to realize, like, man, it wasn't JP kind of did his job in allowing some some weak grounders to the pole side. A guy who's not a ground ball pitcher, by the way. Yeah. Um, do you think that Rays Nation has mm. blamed JP for, for what happened? I, w- I, w- I would really like I don't them know. not to because yeah. just like you said, I, I mean, there's just not an argument for that. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go back on social anti-social media and see what people have said or haven't said, but I'm sure that's kind of the low-hanging fruit of who's on the mound. There, I they I think in yeah. people's mind they say they look at who's the loser, who's the losing pitcher. Exactly, they they look at that and who gave up, who was pitching to Kike Hernandez in that moment, and that was JP Fireeyes. If anybody has done that, that's unfair to JP. I know we're supposed to be highlighting yeah. negatives right now, but yeah, that's again. If we shift over to the big negatives, hard hit percentage on yeah. my part, combining with the walks, not good. That split against left handers, mm-hmm. no way. Yeah. As a friend of mine would say, no, no, boy, no. Uh, I know and I understand that the three batter minimum, uh, you can make the argument like, oh, well, you can use them where you want all the time. Right. And I get that. But I think Neil Solox actually did a study about it before the 2020 season. And he said that had only happened 5% of the time where a race pitching change would have been affected by that 5%. Mm. So what's the margin of error between 2019 to 2020 to 2021? 2%, 5% at the most? So yeah. again, it's not really a, a, a strong argument that, oh, well, it's because of the three pitch, uh, uh, you know, three batter minimum that he's getting affected into not pitching only against right. couple stats here before uh, Ulysses has to hit a home run on the built bar live read uh jp allowed 13 percent of his balls in play to be barrels league average barrel percent is seven percent based on launch angle he's a fly ball pitcher of course inducing fly balls or line drives on 67.7 percent of balls in play 
and he threw 41.3% of his pitches in the zone. League average is 49.9%. I'll also say this. Now, walks are definitely a problem. and not saying this was always, always the case, but there were a couple occasions where he got squeezed by the umpire, particularly on the fastball. But again, I think everybody knows that he's trying to ride that fastball up in the zone, and he might catch a bottom corner of the plate or the zone where Zanino has to move his glove. And technically it still probably is in the zone, but the umpire doesn't give him the benefit of the net. So I'll just throw that, that out there. Plus um, one more kind of drawback on fire eyes. And he missed a month plus in late July through all of August due to shoulder discomfort and biceps tendonitis. So maybe a built bar, you know, get, get that protein going, get, Hey, I, I know built bars can help the biceps for sure. I've seen that firsthand. Okay. Ulysses has got the guns going right now. <laughs> well, you know what, like, Kevin? It's the time of the year for built bars. You know what? Mm-hmm. Because Thanksgiving is approaching. All of the good food uh, and treats and plenty of them. You can add built bar to that. It's the perfect time. It's the holiday dessert, people. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most built bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bars, or go a raspberry built bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie, Kevin. Mm. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. Are you a pie guy? Uh, I am not a pumpkin pie guy, but I do like the fruit pies, apple, blueberry, so on and so forth. Well, they've got blueberry milk bars right now. So what? You go get yourself some of those. And besides, they're always covered in 100% real chocolate. Bill Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Bill Bar or two. So remember, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED. 15 and you will get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15 percent off at built.com. Bet Online is back and better than ever before. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive that bonus. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. In fact, what I usually do is as I'm making my bets on Bet Online, I usually have a built bar in one hand. So I'm, I'm chewing on a built bar and making bets. I mean, that we're living in America, uh, betting, betting and eating snacks. Let's go. From my laptop. Uh, bet Online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And it's where the game starts. Okay, Ulysses, uh, looking at uh, JP Fireisen's future with the team according to i'm a baseball reference man first and foremost uh it says that he is arbitration eligible in 2024 and will be a free agent in 2027 so a cheap reliever that is something that the rays love so i would bet some green skittles that uh, jp will be on the rays roster 
in 2022. And it's really just about what kind of role they're going to carve out for him. Is he going to be sixth and seventh inning guy? Is he going to get some eighth inning work? Will he get some save opportunities in the ninth inning? I consider him more of a medium leverage to high leverage as opposed, like, I don't get that. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I, I get picky sometimes, but, and maybe it's some bias from AL whatever it may be, but I don't look in a one-run game leading by one. It's the ninth inning, and you bring in Fire Eyes in the ninth. I don't necessarily get, oh, we got this. We're closing this out. I don't, I don't necessarily get that vibe or that feel as of yet, anyway. Not to say he can't get to that point, but as of right now, I don't feel that. There's a lot of potential in this bullpen. We talked about it with Fairbanks. He could, he could reach that. Fire Eisen could reach that. Chagua could reach that. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. They all can become that kind of guy. We saw it from Kittrich this year. We saw it from McHugh this year. But Kevin, when you look at 2022 and the bullpen, or at least, you know, this would be a good Twitter question. Mm. As a race fan, what is the biggest need? A rotation arm, full well knowing It'll be a Walker type. Don't tell me. Don't tell me Justin Verlander, people. Come on. Don't don't tell me Max Scherzer. Come on. Don't don't. Robbie Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at Julia. We're gonna trick some. Look at Julia. Stop. It's gonna be a Walker type. Okay. Yeah. What's more important, a Walker type or a guy you mentioned yesterday, Rysel Iglesias? What? what mm-hmm. Where? Where do you? I mean, for me, thanks the bullpen. The bullpen, the bullpen should be priority yeah. A1 sauce, and then you go down the list to A29, and then you're like, oh, still the bullpen. Yeah. Give me bullpen pieces. I need more bullpen security because all of these guys have shown glimpses of the potential, but we've talked about how relievers are just so volatile, Kevin. Mm-hmm. If they're so volatile, do you could you put green Skittles or or, or a peanut butter? Built bar on Kittridge being an all-star again, or the, on, on yeah. Kittridge being a, a guy that you can just give the ball and, and close your eyes and know that there's it, it, it's, it's a safe situation. There's a lot of guys that can have one good year. There's a lot of guys that can have a good year, especially bullpen guys. So mm-hmm. that should be the focus right now. And we're getting to a point where bullpens are throwing more innings than the starters. And you talk about adding a Waka-esque type i mean you can sort of do that from within with josh fleming and ryan yarbrough and romero and some of the guys that are dietrich Anza. who's to say that he can't step into that walker yeah. role so if, if you're able to and you have the funds to get in a glacier like a real legit uh, a guy who has consistently performed as a back end of the bullpen type yeah pull the string pull the trigger on that especially knowing that nick anderson is going to be out and who knows i mean that we, we saw how many pitchers hit the injured list. It could very similar. This, this pandemic thing, what happened in 2020 might not just affect what 2021. It could have lingering effects into 2022 and 2023 and beyond. So I, I'm on board with that uh, as far as uh, what you said there. And, and I know Zunino, they should be picking up that, that $7 million option mm-hmm. very soon. And uh, KK apparently had some surgery. Uh, on his right knee, he should be fine by spring training. 
But those two, if you know, there's not a lot of money in the no, books. There's so not. I don't know what Red Cell is going to be asking for, but I mean, how cheap do you need to be, my man? I mean, like, what are we Ask talking still. I mean, you know, can you... Can you gotta, you gotta save up for a new ballpark. That's what you have to do there. Or for litigation for attack ads. Perhaps that too. I thought I did, this is a player review episode of JP Fire Eyes, and let's give JP some kudos here, making it to the majors and doing well in the majors as a 16th round draft pick. And a man of the people, when he was in the minor leagues, he drove Uber. Ooh, that's right. Actually, when he was with the Tampa Yankees, or Tampa Tarpons, I'm sorry. No, it might have been the Tampa Yankees back then when he was still playing for them before the trade to uh, another organization there. So, uh, and I, I've made this joke before, but JP to me, and maybe this is just I can spot a guy from the Midwest from millions of miles away, but you, he, you could have – a lightning game, a Bucks game, even a Rays game. And he could show up in a t-shirt, cargo shorts, sit in the stands, and he would blend into the crowd. Nobody would recognize him, you know I don't think, as uh, oh, this guy, this guy's this guy's an athlete. He's a pro athlete. Like he, he just looks like a big dude from the Midwest. That's it. It drinks a lot of beer. <laughs> you know why? It's because the facial hair. Yeah. He actually has done something that's very difficult, Kevin. And I know it personally, and you know it personally on the other side. Mm -hmm. We're on the 180. It's either a beard or no beard. Yeah. JP can just chameleon it. <laughs> for two weeks, he'll have a full beard. For another week, he'll just have sideburns. For another yeah. week, he's goatee. He does it all. So, uh, no, really. He's got a lot of time on his hands when you're a reliever, you know, only pitching one inning every couple of days. He's got a lot of downtime. Enough time to drive Uber, apparently. Well, you know, enough time to know that he was successful yeah. overall in 2021. Uh, hopefully, the adjustments, you know, the pitch mix can yeah. be a little bit better. I, if I, if this were me, I would like to see him maybe increase the fastball usage and the changeup, and then just go down on the slider a little bit. I, mm -hmm. I would like to see that uh, being tried. Maybe I'm completely off on this, but if the changeup and Again, you said the, the, the good thing about the change of not being located enough in the strike zone. Hopefully that can improve within yeah. a year in, in the race system. But, no, I think he's going to be a positive in the future. I don't think we have seen him at his best, like any of these relievers that we've talked about so far in the player reviews. They've got the potential, but can they put it all together? That is true. Uh, okay. Sharpie time. Grade for JP Fire Eyes in. I am going to give him a solid B, 86. Look at That's that. That's what I'm giving JP. Good for you. I gave him an 83. Okay. So what is that? A lower B minus? Like a high B minus to almost a B? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 83. Okay. Uh, some, just some over-unders here. Uh, Fangraph steamer projections. Over-under 54 innings. Next year. Next year? Yeah. Under. They have his ERA. Oh my goodness! Yes, yeah, yeah, the fifth. Uh, the fifth was a bad one too. It was close to five. Mm -hmm. Four point four nine ERA projected for next season. No, because he's going to listen to the pod and yeah. be like, "Ulysses is right. He needs to. Use, I need mm -hmm. to use more of the changeup, and I need to use more of my forcing." Boom. Lower than that. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Okay, that is our player review for JP Fire Eyes, and I think tomorrow. We have Josh Fleming, if Ooh. I'm 
not That's mistaken. Gross. Yeah, I, I think, think you're so. right. Yeah. And then Friday, we might have to take a break from the player reviews. You, you stole my topics there, mentioning KK and Zanino and, <laughs> and the attack ad. Everything. Plus, we have baseball trivia, a lot of things oh, going yeah. on for sure. And we didn't even mention this. We went the whole episode without mentioning the fact that the Braves won the World Series. Oh, that happened. Yeah, yeah. I guess that did happen. That's great. Hey, good job to all of you Atlanta fans. Good job. It must feel awesome. I wouldn't know. Yeah. But it must be nice. We know what it's like to get to game six. You know, that's... That's true. That's about the closest. I mean, that is the closest that the Rays have gotten so far. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you again for making the Locked on Rays podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Have a great day, and we will talk to you tomorrow.